am very excited because today my guest is Brad Coven. Brad Coven is the editorial director for Precision Metalforming Association and Metalforming Magazine. Why this is so important is because I've talked to a lot of B2B publishers, but they're not connected with an association. And as Brad is going to tell us, they do lots of events and webinars, and he's going to tell us how that really helps his subscriber base and growing his membership list. But before we get started, my name is Donna Peterson, and you are listening to the B2B Marketing Excellence Podcast. I go around the world talking with business leaders, marketing directors about their industry, what's working, what's not, so that we all as companies can figure out the best way to grow our business. So let's jump in. Good morning, Brad. How are you? I'm doing great, Donna. How about yourself? Good. I'm so glad you decided to join me. I know last minute, but I'm really happy about it. Well, thank you for the invitation. I appreciate it. Yeah. And it was just a perfect segue because I'm heading into my fall season of traveling now with different shows. So I have Fab Tech and then I have yours. So this was a perfect time. Excellent. Excellent. One of the questions I wanted to ask you is I just saw, I think it was yesterday, that there are 10,274 professional organizations. And that count has decreased since 2022. What do you see as some of your biggest challenges in keeping PMA out there and growing its membership? Uh, well, that's a really good question. And I, I love that you introduced me as, as being part of the trade association as well as a publication because the first part of my career in publishing was with a, a publishing company. So we really just focused on the magazine. But being part of the trade association is incredibly um, valuable to me as a journalist because I get to network with the member companies in addition to the readers. Um, uh, and they, and we do have opportunities then as editors to get involved in some of the other things that the association does, as you, as you mentioned, uh, some conferences and webinars, which I know some publishing companies do that, but not to the level that, um, that the trade association and the PMA specifically do. So, you know, the challenges, um, any association is, is challenged if, if you, if you uh, survey the, the, the landscape of trade associations. With getting members, um, I think membership in a trade association seems to be um, a little bit old school and, and the younger people coming up through the ranks of, of manufacturing companies specifically, um, I think question the, the value in, in trade association membership. But PMA really has done a terrific job over the last seven or eight years of consistently year over year growing. So, you know, during the recession, um, you know, we did lose members, right? It's it's actually pretty remarkable what yes. we've been able to do in, in, in year over year growth. And, you know, that's a testament to the membership team here um, and to our leadership um, for developing the types of programs that really not only attract new members, but then the, the key, um, and I'm no trade association expert, I'm, a, I'm an editor, but the, the key is retention. So you, you bring people in, whatever it is that you're able to uh, convince them with um, and, and kind of set that hook, but getting them to, to remain as members, which really is getting them involved in, mm -hmm. in the association activities. If you're involved, you're more likely to stay. If you sign up and then you don't participate, um, you're maybe 
less likely to renew your membership uh, when that time comes. So, um, you know, stickiness is what membership talks about. How do you how do you um, keep people interested and engaged? And and one of the programs that PMA developed, oh gosh, maybe four or five years ago, it's called Metaform EDU. So Metaform EDU is an online online uh, training uh, regimen. Uh, more than 800 courses that that our member companies wow. can engage uh, and and list their their uh, their uh, employees and and continuously train and, and upgrade their skills, which obviously is is yeah. you know the number one concern uh, these days with with manufacturing companies is retaining their employees and training and developing them. Um, and so Metaform EDU um, is a way that. We can attract new members, but then when they enlist in these courses and, and continuously train their employees, they stick around and, and, and uh, renew their membership so that they can continue to have access to, to Metaform EDU. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, members look to PMA and to Metaforming Magazine um, for, for new technology developments. And, and one of the ways that we provide that, as you said, is through conferences and seminars. Uh, we have two, two employees at PMA who regularly visit member companies and, and conduct in-plant training. Um, nice. And then we do symposiums and conferences, online events, um, and the magazine does does all of those uh, as well. And, you know, um, online events are great, and, and, and more and more of those are popping up for, for training opportunities. But our members, PMA members, tell us the number one reason for joining is, is networking. Yeah. Uh, it's a little bit hard to network, you know, on, a, on an <laughs> online event. So... We continue to 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 attract uh, a decent number of people to live events, so they can learn from yeah. from speakers, but then they learn from each other through through the networking opportunities that we provide. Yeah, well, I'm a testament to that on what PMA is doing because I think it was December. I went to the Southern New England Christmas cocktail party, which oh, was. Okay. It was very low key, but it was great because you really just got to talk to people. No one was selling or promoting their business. You were just getting to know people and start to form those relationships, which I also think when you get into a group of people you like to be around, hey, yeah, you know what? At 530, I am going to head up there to that because they're my buddies. I want to go talk to them. And you stay involved. But then at all the metalworking shows, so East Tech, I know PMA had an event there, which was interesting because you guys were kind of ahead of the curve because one of the presenters were about preventative AI, which, you know, everyone's talking about now, but PMA was doing it back in May, which to me is huge. You guys were ahead of the curve. And as a member, that's what you want to see you want to see that information before everybody else so that you can educate yourself and get on board. Right. And in-person events, there's, I'm sorry, there is nothing that beats that, that, you know, shaking of hands. Like we went to the PMA event. We met a gentleman. We started talking about scuba diving for the longest time. And that oh. wouldn't happen if it was a Zoom call or a Zoom meeting. So I agree. I think PMA is on the right path. And obviously that is why you have grown your membership when some organizations are dealing with the challenge of decreasing memberships. Right. I agree. So that's good. So now PMA, as we mentioned, publishes metal forming 
magazine. And you kind of touched on this a little bit on how do you continue to develop that content that keeps your subscribers engaged, but then also continues to grow that subscription file? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question. It's, it's certainly, um, I guess it's a challenge that that we as editors take on, but it's really an opportunity. You know, we're we're learners as much as we are teachers and technology transfer professionals. Um, and uh, yeah, like I said, working for the trade association gives us, you know, myself and the other editors on the magazine, really unique and special access to to our readers, you know, the, the, our, our readership expands well beyond the membership of PMA, but um, certainly the members are readers and we, we network with them on a regular basis. Um, and so we're able to, to stay on top of what's important to them uh, as company leaders. And it is mostly the company leaders that belong to PMA. So, you know, we're networking with presidents and vice presidents of, of uh, these small and mid-sized companies that tend to be our, our, our members. Um, and so they help us um, develop content yeah. uh, paths, if you will, um, in terms of, you know, new readers, because uh, overall the industry has contracted somewhat through mm -hmm. acquisition and, and uh, overseas competition and recessions yeah. and what have you. Uh, we did just acquire um, a few months ago one of our competitors. Um, so we, when you acquire a publication, you acquire a nice healthy list of of possibly new readers. So we're marketing to them. Is that Stamping, uh, stamping Journal? That's that correct. Stamping Journal, yeah, okay. So we're marketing to them to, to become readers, new readers of our publication. We're marketing to them to come so to you're our events. crisscrossing, you're, you know, telling them, okay, yep. Right, and of course, marketing to them become to become members of, of, yes. the, of the Precision Metal Forming Association. And we've already reaped the benefits of, of, of in all of those categories in just a month or two. Wow. since the acquisition. So we'll continue to market uh, thousands of names really that we picked up of, of uh, current industry professionals. Uh, that's a testament. That's a testament to the value of the content and your events that you're able to crisscross and, you know, get people to subscribe to another publication, but also to join your membership. Right, right. So yeah, we're, we're pretty optimistic that that's going to continue to reap benefits for, for, uh, for some time. And then, of course, you know, like everyone knows in publishing, you know, the, the landscape for delivering content continues to evolve dramatically. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're still lucky that our that our um, our readers still want print publication. That's mm -hmm. what they tell us through surveys um, and that we're able to, to to provide that to them, even with the rising costs of you know, paper and postage, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we've obviously continued to evolve our del delivery mechanisms with you know, we, we upgraded our, uh, really launched a new website a couple of years mm -hmm. ago. We continue to develop new e-newsletters. I think we're up to maybe five different e-newsletters that we publish now on a monthly basis. Um, we, we touched on events and we've done the virtual events and continue to do virtual events as well as live events, um, all, you know, all kinds of, it seems like every year we're in our planning phase now for 2024 and, and every year we challenge ourselves to come up with something you know, something new. Two new ideas. Yeah. Yeah. So last year we, or two years ago, we launched something called um, Metaforming Live. So it's kind of like a meet the press style mm -hmm. uh, live event with our editors and content experts mm -hmm. sitting around a table um, with the cameras rolling for an hour and a half, 
with an online audience. We've had online audiences, you know, upwards of 150, 200 people. Wow. So they can participate, right? So instead of just them reading what we're writing about, yeah. we have this on uh, virtual kind of televised discussion. We've got two cameras and um, yeah. microphones and we're talking about topics of the day and somebody can chime in on, on, the, on their laptop and say, hey, you know, can you, can you guys talk about this or what about yeah. that? And, um, so that's so valuable because yeah, it's so valuable because now these people are able to help kind of navigate how the discussion goes to really serve them. What are their questions, their challenges? And I also feel any kind of live, like our podcast, any kind of broadcasting that you put out there, people, yes, can hear what you're saying, but they get a real feel, you know, like they figure out the personality behind the association or the magazine, just like hearing about that education side. I didn't know about that until now, until you just told me. Okay. And so that is a great feature because it is about giving. It is about offering value to people because that's when they'll stay. Right. So I think 100%. PMA is doing a great job there and keep up with those live events and videos because that's what people want to see, but they want to put in those questions about what, what they want. Right. Yeah. Metal, Metaforming Live is, was, a, was a really good concept. Um, uh, like I said, that we introduced a couple of years ago and we continue to expand it. So we did last year, we added what we call Metaforming Live on the shop floor. So we, not, uh -huh. it wasn't just content experts, but it was actual some some member companies, some not member companies, but it was executives from metal forming companies talking about what they're doing on their shop floor. And they showed us videos. We really couldn't broadcast from the shop floor, mm -hmm. uh, technical reasons for that, yes. but they brought us videos of how they're using, in this case, uh, robotics and automation solutions. Um, uh, and so they talked about the challenges and opportunities with automation and how did they tackle some of those challenges and, and what were, what was the end result um, metal forming nice. live on the shop floor. Yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. It was fun. That, that is interesting. Now, let me ask you a question. Cause someone asked me this the other day, do you ever do lives with the actual people who are working on the shop floor? So, like I said, it, it's a little bit technically challenging in a manufacturing environment to, to broadcast because of the Oh, I get that. I meant like the just the, the technicians who are on the shop floor. I know you can't be on the shop floor because oh. of sometimes safety issues, but do you speak to those technicians or people who are actually like boots on the ground working? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we do talk to them when we, when we do article visits for the magazine. Um, we have not included them in the live event format. Well, I shouldn't say that. We did have uh, one of the guys with us in, in the conference room environment talking about his application. Oh, he was he was an engineer, so he wasn't really a machine operator, but he was, you know, in, in that middle management role instead of only talking to the president. So he was very technically knowledgeable about how the the automation system uh, worked, if, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Versus yes. the CEO who, you know, may or may not know that, but he yes. knows the, the big picture yeah. financial ramifications, uh, that, that type of thing. Um, so we, we do go to that mid-level engineering management uh, type of person. Good. Um, Good. Yeah. I, I hadn't really thought about maybe engaging more of, a, of an operator or a technician, but that's, that's not a bad idea. 
No, because I just heard from another manufacturing company the other day, and they realized that's a huge void for them. They're not giving a voice to those people. And they realized that they gave a voice to those people. That's how also you might get more people interested in this industry, but it educates them, but also they want to hear from people that are like themselves. And that's where you can also maybe grow your membership or subscribers to include those people because now they're hearing. They're hearing exactly what they need to hear. Yes, they right. want to hear about from the CEO about an overview, but that's not going to help them do their job or start their profession. So that mid-space they noticed was a void for them, and they're going to start trying to tackle yeah. that and give it more of a voice. Yeah, yeah, I like it. It's a good idea. Yeah. So now I think we touched on this, on how conferences and live events can help PMA retain and attract new members, but what do you have on the horizon to do for this? Well, to your point, um, like I like I did mention, you know, it is that networking with, with each other is, is, is really what the members tell us is, is a key benefit of membership. And um, live events, conferences are, are definitely, um, you know, a way to bring people together. So you're not just learning from a speaker, but you're learning from each other. You get to meet the speaker, maybe form a relationship, exchange business cards, that type of thing, and 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 follow up with them. And, and um, you know, maybe they're a consultant. Maybe it's somebody that you want to bring into your company. We know that happens all the time with, with PMA events. Yeah. Um, we do... Um, dozens of, of regional events like the one you mentioned in yes. New England um, and then we do um, a series of national events like the one that's coming up on, on industry 4.0 that, that you're speaking at yeah. um, so you know we again we continue to, to survey the landscape of, of the of the members and find out what 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 topics are of interest to them um, I think a good example of, of that is um, Kind of the, the iconic PMA event is the, the Automotive Parts Suppliers Conference. Mm -hmm. um, and that's been in Detroit for, I don't know, 30 years or something. Yeah. This year, for the first time, uh, it's moving to, to the Southeast um, in South Carolina. Uh, we'll do that in, the, it's in a couple of months. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, the, the automotive industry has migrated, um, certainly now with EV production and battery production, uh, yes. moving heavily in the Southeast. It makes sense. For PMA to move the Automotive Parts Suppliers Conference, it'll. I, I think the plan is to to rotate that year yearly, so it'll be in Michigan next year, and then back mm -hmm. in South Carolina the following year. That's um, important that you're keeping track of the industry and saying, you know, most of it is over there, so we need to change where the conference can be. Right. But I also notice when you go back to networking. PMA, you're also doing networking events. So FabTech, next week is FabTech. And I noticed that PMA is doing a networking event one night. So it's not even your event, but you still put an emphasis on that networking event for your members. Right. Which right. is great. Like for myself, you know, yes, I see some people in New England, but now I'm going to be in Illinois and I'll see different great people who are PMA members. Right. Right, and you'll get a real good dose at that event at FabTech of what PMA membership's all about. We'll have a great turnout there. We we always do, and again, that's a testament to the to the leadership here that understands the value of networking. And so, we're constantly looking for opportunities, you know, to create new new networking, yeah, you know, venues, places for for the members to get together. And they, you know, uh, you mentioned earlier, I think too that 
the friendships that are formed. And, yeah. and you'll see that at, at FabTech. Um, yeah, they'll talk business for sure. And, and mm -hmm. we've got these online networking groups where that I'm privy to a little bit of those online conversations and they do help each other's businesses uh, yes. when they're, when they can. Um, but they're friends uh, and you'll see that. Uh, I think that. that's, you they know, know each other's families and, and uh, yeah. they, they go, go on golfing trips together, but they're, they're always talking about their businesses and, and, and looking for ways to improve and help each other. Well, it becomes kind of as a business owner myself, it becomes your blood really. <laughs> I, right. I always seem to be talking about business, but it's nice when you can get to a group of people who have a like-minded interest in the business, but then you also put the personal side in and just try to help each other. It just creates more meaningful relationships and it, and it gives you a more purpose in your life, which I think is more fulfilling in the end. Certainly, certainly. So then in October, you touched on this briefly, PMA is having a conference 4.0. It's about 4.0. It's industry experience 4.0 for metal farmers and fabricators. Why do you feel that conference is so important right now? Yeah, so that this is, um, I don't know, maybe the eighth or ninth year where we've we, we've done this conference in various phases to, to keep our audience, so our readers and, and our members, um, kind of on the leading edge of the technology that they're going to need to apply to continue to remain productive and profitable, especially in light of the challenges that, that they face with labor. Um, so how can you do more with less? Mm -hmm. How can you avoid unscheduled downtimes and still meet delivery dates as your equipment ages, as your people call in sick, or or maybe you just don't have enough people to complete the work, which we hear that all the time. So this conference started as as a really just focused on on um, ERP enterprise resource planning software mm -hmm. and MRP software to to help our audience. Again, this was eight or nine years ago. Um, gather data from the shop floor, make sure the data is flowing through to the people who need to see it onto production scheduling. And so kind of connecting the dots through your, through your company to make you more efficient, productive. We focused on software. Then we evolved it to internet of things. So ERP is a, is a software tool that helps feed the internet of things applications in your, in your company. And so that was kind of the next phase. And then a couple of years ago, it, we decided to encompass all things industry 4.0 of which ERP and, and MRP and internet of things and additive manufacturing, all of that can uh, are kind of uh, branches off of the industry 4.0 tree, if you will. So, um, you know, I remember when we, when we started the internet of things conference and, and we definitely were kind of leading our audience into this technology. A lot of them were not using it. I remember introducing it to, to folks at another conference, you know, kind of promoting our uh, industry for or the, the Internet of Things conference, which was coming up. And I could see by the looks on their faces, they were like, this is not for me. And, you know, <laughs> you're speaking Greek to them, <laughs> unfortunately, but fortunately. And, and that's our job as 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 editors really is to. Yeah. Yeah, it's great to talk about what companies are doing today and how are you using current technology. Mm -hmm. But we've—I always felt the responsibility to to lead people to the to the next thing. And 
And as, as you mentioned earlier, you know, it's okay kind of being first to some of these things. Companies don't want to be the first to use it. They want to see how others are using it. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, and, and to that point, we, we always provide case study examples, how are companies actually using this technology. And we, for the, this internet uh, industry 4.0 conference coming up, um, we do have, I think, three or four, maybe maybe five even, case study examples of how various metal formers and fabricators. So this is not, you know, we're not talking about Eaton Corporation yeah. and, and uh, you know, Volvo and Ford and, and, and uh, Boeing. We're talking about tier two, uh, small and mid-sized companies using industry 4.0 to varying levels. You know, some, comp some companies in our market are investing hundreds of thousands of dollars in this. Others are invent uh, investing tens of thousands of dollars, but they're doing it. Um, and they've got the benefits to show for it. And, mm -hmm. it. and it does all relate to productivity and efficiency and, and uh, avoiding un unscheduled, unplanned downtime events that, that interrupt your, your ability yes. to, to satisfy your customers' um, quality and, and delivery requirements. Yeah. So all of the above is, is why this, this is a, an important conference, we feel, um, for, for the industry and for our, for our market specifically. I, I totally agree. One of the common challenges I heard from different manufacturers is we can't get people. We can't get people to, you know, apply for these jobs. And this is one way that can help them. One, PMA can help them with the information, the education side. But also, if you're able to stay ahead of the curve, maybe you can use some of the technology that can help decrease how many people you need but also just to streamline maybe your process so that you can be more efficient and produce whatever you're manufacturing as quickly as possible in a quality fashion. Right. So right. I think it be find, very effective. Yeah, I'm sorry. We also find out that, that companies that use these types of leading edge technologies are the ones best able to attract new, younger uh, workers to, to their companies. You know, when, when they when they walk the shop floor, they don't see a lot of people doing dirty, dangerous jobs. They see a lot of automated equipment. Mm -hmm. They see people on computer terminals, leveraging data, um, um, you know, conveying information through through their the ERP platform or whatever the software platform yeah. is that they're using. Um, and, and we see that actually growing at a pretty accelerated pace, that type of activity bringing new, younger uh, employees. When, when I visit manufacturing companies, the ones where the workforce are in their 30s and not yeah. in their 50s are the ones that are using the newer. maybe not all of Industry 4.0, uh, all of the opportunities in this world, but some of them, you know, they're doing some additive manufacturing or they're, they're, you know, they've got these computer terminals on the shop floor where they can see the data and, mm -hmm. and adjust their schedules and, they're using, you know, keypads that they're used to using on their phones and, and iPads, that, that type of activity. So, yeah, um, yeah, that, yeah, that's why, you know, I think this is a, an important conference for PMA and Metal Forming Magazine to continue yeah. to uh, evolve and, and produce. Well, as you know, at the conference, I'm going to be talking about how to empower manufacturers with AI and chat GPT. Right. And the AI is such a hot topic right now. But I'm even seeing new job titles 
appear because of it. For instance, a prompt engineer. Hmm. A year okay. ago, there was not a prompt engineer, but you're right. The younger generations, you know, they're like, oh, artificial intelligence. Yes. Da, da, da. And it's like, you, you know, it's almost like the carrot. And you're right. If these companies can implement even a little bit of it, hopefully then they'll be able to attract these younger generations. And if they get in and see what a fascinating industry this is, that's when they get hooked and they'll stay for a lifetime. Right. Absolutely. Good. Absolutely. Good. All right. I want to thank you so much for your time today. And I look forward to seeing you, um, I guess, next week, maybe at FabTech. As I'll see you at FabTech. Yes. Thanks so much for having me. I really enjoyed the conversation. And um, yeah, we'll see you at FabTech. And then we'll see you again at the yep. uh, Industry 4.0 Conference. Yep, definitely. Talk to you later. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to the B2B Marketing Excellence Podcast. Please hit the subscribe button below so you don't miss our next episode. And in the meantime, if you'd like to talk to me, please feel free to send me an email to dpeterson at worldinnovators.com. Till next time, have a great day.